Welcome to the Good Bottle Podcast. Join Chris and Drew, two self-proclaimed boost pundits with a lifetime of industry experience as they walk you through the alcohol business and how today's headlines affect the industry. Each week, you guys will be joined by a special guest that will help them break down these stories and offer their own expertise to the podcast. So, pour yourself a glass of your favorite drink and sit back. This is the Good Bottle Podcast. Hey kids, you know what time it is? That's right. It's the Good Bottle Podcast time, brought to you by two guys who have seemingly way too much time on their hands. This is your host, Chris Sinclair, joined by my co-host, Mr. Drew Garrison. Howdy doody, Drew! Hey, I just want to clarify that I definitely do not have too much time on my hands. Like, I look at my schedule now, and as it continues to increase, I'm like, I'm like, why do I do all of these things? Why don't I ever say no to people? So, I just want to clarify, there's not too much time, there's just enough time. Um, and we can't do anymore. I'll, I'll say that. Don't ask me to do anything else. I'm out. I, I'm out now. But uh, but I'm excited to be here because we have a really fun guest. We have some fun stories. We're going to talk about uh, Bacardi suing American Airlines, which, you know, you always love rich people fighting with each other. And then we're going to talk about Kendall Jenner and her tequila and her getting in trouble. Um, it's going to be interesting. I think, you're, I think the takes are going to be different. For, for everybody. But Chris, how are you doing this morning? Are you feeling overwhelmed? Are you feeling like you got, you're trying to open a bar right now? It's crazy. No, man, I'm good. I'm, uh, I'm feeling, um, I, I got a good night's sleep last night. Dropped my daughter off at daycare this morning. I, I got my coffee in front of me and, uh, I'm solid. Yeah, that's right. We are doing, uh, another, another morning, uh, recording because you know, we're, we're becoming big time. You guys, like we're getting big time guests and they're from all over the country, uh, we need to expand into like the. You need in, to like validate that to yourself. I, that, that's I what did. I feel like. I feel like you weren't telling people that as if you know they didn't know. I feel like you needed the validation by telling yourself that. Well, okay. So some insider baseball here. Then, um, it is important to validate yourself in this in this scenario because, like we said, both of us are stretched pretty thin, but we love doing this podcast, and we've had so many amazing guests on. And it's good every once in a while. Chris will send me the statistics on like what our what our listens are, what countries we're in, and things like that. And uh, it's just it's just one of those ones where you know you don't you, you need to see that you need to kind of be like, hey, am I just am I screaming into the ether or uh, or not? But let's we I'm gonna do we're gonna do a quick mic check and see if uh, if our guest is here. Can can we hear you? Uh, yeah. Oh, we, can you hear we me? Can hear okay, you. good. Okay, oh, no, so no, sorry. Okay, no, 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 be quiet again. Be quiet again because you got to do your intro now. So, uh, <laughs> so, so our guest today is, I guess, what you would call a little bit of a social media influencer, has been creating content over the last two years that has gotten thousands upon thousands of views, retweets, likes, whatever the thing is on TikTok that I don't understand. Um, he is the head bartender and owner of. Labaredes, Brazilian barbecue and bar, uh, which he took over in 2019 with his family. Our guest today is Louis Fernandez. Louis, welcome to the Good Bottle Podcast. Why don't you tell us what you're sipping on? Tell us about all of your technological issues and then uh, maybe a little bit about yourself. Uh, guys, I'm so happy to be here. You have no idea. Um, I'm also currently sipping on a Fidencio Mezcal that I grabbed on my way out from the bar last night. Um, and it is very, very tasty. Uh, and then, yeah, I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head. I, uh, I own my own bar and restaurant. I make silly videos on the internet. And somehow, millions of people have apparently watched it. So, <laughs> it's, it's really crazy. So, in... In doing the deep dive on you the last couple of days, like, you know, you had you had some experience in bartending and working at some pretty cool bars um, throughout uh, Massachusetts, right? Yes. Yeah. And then you go and you start uh, Metro West Creative, which is this like digital agency and stuff, which guess what? That stuff is still on the Internet. And I was watching videos from 2017. So um, you've gotten more comfortable on camera. I'll tell you that. Uh, and you, so you start that, but then 2019, you have an opportunity with your mom, your sister, and your brother-in-law to get into the restaurant business. And in particular, the Brazilian restaurant business. And you take over this spot that had been around for 15 years, but was in desperate need of like some updates. So you get into this spot, you guys are feeling good. And then the pandemic hits. What the hell are you thinking in that, in those first couple months? 
Uh, I'll be honest with you, those first couple of months, all I kept thinking of is I'm ruining my family. I'm ruining my family. I didn't sleep. I thought that my family was going to, we're going to lose all of our money. I'm like, we just sunk all of our money into a restaurant and then the pandemic hit. And then I was like, there's no way we're getting out of this. And that was the predominant thing that we, that we, that I kept thinking of. It kept me up at night. I, I, now in hindsight, the pandemic happening is the greatest thing that ever happened to me in terms of like, at least my mental health, because now I sleep. If the, if the restaurant's on fire, it's fine. I know that we will get through it. But before I got no sleep today, I'm good. Um, and I'm also really impressed that you did this much, this much research on me. I actually feel important. This makes me feel very, very, very happy. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I feel like over, over like the past year, you know, there was, I, I don't know if I was doing enough research on our guests and things like that. And we've had a couple of guests that have given us really good insight lately. And I was like, I was like, no, you know, I really enjoy doing these deep dives on people. And, and yeah, that this is the feeling that, that we want to elicit, right? We want you to feel like, like, oh God, like they just, they went past page one of my Google search, you know? Um, and it's always funny to see like what people have and what they don't have. And so, um, okay. So go to so go back to that and go back to those first couple months. So, you know, you bought, you buy the bar in 2019, of course, 2020, March, 2020 is when we know everything is kind of going to shit. And then you, uh, you start your YouTube channel in August of 2020. Okay. And now, I mean, you're up over 11,000 viewers. And then like on Instagram, you have 28,000, um, followers on TikTok, You have 125,000 followers. Like, it's wild that you've seen this such aggressive growth in a short amount of time. What was, what was like the first one? And then what was like the domino that felt like, okay, now I'm big here. And now this is going to all these other places and all this other content creation. Like, what was that? What was the timeline for each uh, different venue that you were using? Yeah. So basically I do want to kind of backtrack to something that you said. I did have my own one man team, uh, digital agency that I did marketing work for. Um, I ended up having a couple of interns at one point, but it was pretty much me. I used to do everything. I used to make websites. I used to do graphic design. Um, and then I did a lot of social media management for, for a couple of different clients. And that was way back in, in 20, 2015, 2016. And then in 2017, I ended up just, uh, shutting that down. And then, um, so that was always kind of in the back burner for me. It was always in my back pocket, being able to like make content. And at the time, like you said, I was very not comfortable on camera because I never wanted to be the guy in front <laughs> of camera. I always, it took me like the sound of my own voice made me want to throw up. And yeah, so I, I <laughs> and so, uh, through another project that me and, uh, and two of my best friends, we started, we, we used to, I used to have my own, we used to have our own podcast talking about uh, soccer. And so at that point, I used to produce that podcast and make content for that. And it wasn't really going anywhere. It was just a fun passion project that ended up no, that just ended up failing. And then um, throughout all of this, I bartended. I bartended to get myself through college to, you know, keep myself uh, afloat through the, the, the entrepreneurial side of everything. When I was when I had my digital agency, because people don't like to pay you. They like to sign contracts and they like to get stuff made, but they don't want to pay you. So uh, throughout all of this, I bartended and I fell in love with bartending. Um, I promise I'm going to answer your question. I'm just going to buy no, it. No, 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 no. Take your time. This is what this is about. Take your time. you get to it. Um, and so I was working at this place that I really fell in love with like craft bartending and what it meant to actually make a cocktail and what it meant to like it. Like I felt the craftsmanship of it and I really, really loved it. Um, but throughout that entire time and all of the different restaurants that I worked in, and even when I was a bar manager of eventually the, the, the last place I, I worked at prior to owning my own, um, I always had this feeling like this doesn't feel like me. It doesn't feel like representative of what I am, of who I am, of who my family is, where I come from. And I always had this thought in the back of my head, which it was like, man, it'd be really cool if I could create like a craft cocktail slash really uh, modern restaurant, but doing so with flavors of, of like my heritage and my culture. And, um, that's kind of where the idea started. And then to fast forward to when we finally took over the restaurant, it didn't even have a bar. So a lot of uh, Brazilian restaurants, they're like, I don't know if you guys have ever been, but it's like a buffet style. They'll have like, you know, pounds of meat and you kind of pay by either you pay by kilo or you pay by like all you can eat. Right. Mm -hmm. Or like pay by pound, sorry. Um, and, or, and it's like, or it's all you can eat. And so, we took it over and it was a very ugly uh, restaurant, but it was an opportunity. Um, and then like six months in, like you said, we renovated the whole place and then the pandemic came like two days later, which was rough. 
because um, it wasn't just that we sunk in the money to buy the place. It was that six months later, we we're like, well, for us to actually get anywhere, we're going to have to renovate this whole place. And so um, we did almost all the work ourselves. My brother-in-law built the actual bar that we have now. And um, but then, yeah, right at that moment, I was just like, OK, cool. Everything's going to go to shit. Um, but then it didn't, which was cool. We kept it alive. And then um, in August of that year, I was like, man, I really miss making content. I kind of really fell in love with it um, when I was doing it for like other people and then doing it for myself for my you know failed soccer YouTube channel. And so I was like, man, what do I know? I know booze. I know alcohol and I know what I'm talking about. So I started making YouTube videos. I made and I, I, I was aggressively making YouTube videos because at the time we were still only open at the restaurant on the weekends, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And so I had like five days a week to you know, try and do something that was going to eventually help the restaurant as well. And so my goal was always to uh, make sure that any content that I make was in a roundabout way going to help my restaurant and my family's business um, in the long run. And so I aggressively pursued YouTube, posting two videos a week, like trying to do all of that. And there was a, you know, it's tough. Like, I don't think people get how difficult it is to grow on, on a platform like YouTube um, with like when you're going up against some really great content creators who have awesome, amazing cocktail content. And it took me a while to kind of find an avenue of like, what, why, how am I different? How, what can I talk about that no one else is? Um, and, you know, I pursued that for a while, but all the while still running a restaurant that was slowly recovering from the pandemic and everything. And so eventually what the first big domino to fall was when my now fiance was like, you, you really should pursue this TikTok thing. And I was like, ah, but it's, it's not really what I want. It's not like these short form videos. Like they're not, they, I don't like them. I don't get them. They're not really what I enjoy. Like I didn't, I didn't get it. I just was like, no. And then we had, and every week she would have this argument with me. She'd be like, no, you should, you should go on TikTok. You should post more often. Like you should do this. And so I was like, you know what? Fine. YouTube hadn't been growing as much as I wanted. I was like, cool. We'll just, we'll just start. We'll see what happens. Um, and then funnily enough, the first real big video that I got, um, is a video that I did as like, a uh, my review quote unquote of, of, uh, Kendall Jenner's 818 tequila. And it actually was the first video of mine to hit over a million views. And I was like, Oh, this can happen. This <laughs> is crazy. The- that's the first one that I saw of you. So, um, and obviously, you know, we've, you, you, you kind of know each other like via social medias and stuff like that, but obviously I'm pretty clear in my intent and how I feel about things online. And, um, when I start getting tagged in videos, like multiple times, it's just like, like, okay, I'm going to check this person out because if I'm being told by multiple people, it's like, Hey, this, this guy's on your level. This guy thinks the same way, you know, or is like, you know, has similar outlook and things like that. So I was like, okay, so I got tagged in that video or that video was shared with me multiple times because, you know, various times like, Oh, Hey, I know that you hate celebrity tequila. Here you go. Here's this guy for you. And, uh, that was, I do remember that being the first one for me as well. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's incredible that that worked out that way. Yeah. And so then I kind of went on this kick. I was like, oh, if this is working, why don't we just keep doing these reviews of celebrity spirits? And like the next one was one that was like so silly, but it was about uh, Ryan Reynolds aviation gin. And then that one got over like a couple million views as well. And I was on vacation in San Diego and I just posted it before. It was like we were going up to the vineyards in San Diego, uh, just north of San Diego. And we were about to leave um, our friend's house to get in the car with them. And I'm like, I just got to post this real quick. I'm not even gonna look at my phone today. It was a Sunday that we were just going to go spend drinking in the vineyards. Didn't look at my phone. My phone died while we were up in the desert. It was, it was a fantastic day. I was very drunk. And then when we got back to their, their apartment in downtown San Diego, I look at my phone and there's just like a million notifications. Like, what is this? And then it was just like, oh, wow, another one just hit several million views. And I was stunned. I was like, this is absurd. Yeah, that is, that is what, now, okay, so with these reviews that you've done, I mean, because sometimes they're favorable, most of the time they're not. Um, have you heard from brands after? Because we've had friends who have done the same thing that like the brands actually have reached out to them to, you know, counter or anything like that. So I was curious, have you ran into that yet? No, I, I wish I did. I, I, I feel like I feel like I would, it would be like validation for me if I had. But <laughs> I um, unfortunately, I have not like what my, my fiance, uh, the day that the, the aviation gin video went, she's like, you think Ryan Reynolds saw it? 
And I started thinking, like, man, if Ryan Reynolds sees a video of me, some dude in suburban Boston in Massachusetts who made a stupid video, I'm like, I won. Like, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That is that is great. Um, so at this point, you know, we're, one of the things that we were talking about offline was, you know, do you or the TikTok has started to change like their regulations and stuff on alcohol related content. So what's the insight there? Like, what have you heard so far as a creator? So a little while ago, back in March, like all of the creators in the space, especially the ones that I, you know, our small little community of, you know, everybody, we kind of comment on each other's stuff. And we always like, you know, doing um, different riffs on the same kind of content, whatever like that. Everybody started posting about how TikTok was going to change their user guidelines and they were going to start or they're going to stop promoting alcohol content on like the for you page. So uh, I know you said you don't really know too, too much about TikTok, but basically the way it works is that it's a, it's TikTok is, was really unique when it launched where it wasn't like you saw content from people you followed. You only really saw content from things that TikTok thought you would like. And so that's where like their for you page came from. It's like anybody could blow up on TikTok and that was kind of the beauty of it or it still is. And it still is. Right. But with that being said, you're, if you don't, if your videos aren't reaching the for you page, you're not. No one's seeing them, and so everybody was really worried. Um, There's a lot of different creators who posted videos, seeing like, "Hey guys, like, give us a follow." Like, if you're not following me and you see my stuff, like, why don't you follow me just so that you know, if you want to keep seeing my stuff, you will. And then I, I think everybody kind of thought, okay, maybe maybe they weren't going to be so harsh. And truthfully, I some creators have not seen a drop off at all. Um, I've been reaching out to some. Uh, because I've felt a huge drop off on my TikTok um, audience. So, you know, like you said, I have 125,000 followers, but there was a video I posted a couple of weeks ago that got 4,000 views. And it was one of, I thought, and I thought it was one of my, my, my best, my, one of my best content in terms of like the insight that it was, it was like a, and I was like, how, how is it that I'm reaching only like 0.3, like what, like 3% of my audience? Like that's not even anything. Um, And okay, maybe this sounds like, oh, spoiled guy who got a lucky break on on TikTok (laughs) is now bitching and moaning about how his stuff's not good anymore. He's not getting reach anymore. And it's like, I thought about that. And I was like, am I just being petty? Am I just being the guy who's like, ah, it's not working for me. So it's rough. And I kept thinking about it. I'm like, it's it's kind of a, a slap in the face because it's essentially a platform going, oh, if it's about alcohol, no, we're just not gonna, we're not gonna promote it. And it's sad because there's a lot of really great creators doing a lot of really cool stuff about alcohol. Not even about me. Like I, I, I like, I like doing it, but I think that there are other creators who have a lot of really awesome content. I wish I could see more of it. And so um, like, unless I go to their page now, I can't see it. And I think there's such an easy fix for this that they refuse to do. Like if you post stuff on YouTube, you have to write or you have to uh, uh, click in that it's not for children or if it's, it's not for, you know, children. So that way they're able to still promote it to the right audiences. It just seems that TikTok was like, ah, this seems like too hard of a problem to solve. So we're just going to, you know, get rid of it, all of it, which yeah. it's sad. Yeah. Do you, no, think, it, do, do you know if they, they did the same thing for like, let's say cannabis, uh, you know, in, in that content creation sort of world? They said that they were going to start um, any illegal substances or anything like that. They were going to stop promoting it. Anything like... Um, there was another one that people were like really upset about. Um, they said like any gun related content, they're going to stop promoting it as well. And I, and I get some of it to a degree, but it's also like it's tough because if it's legal in the country and if you're an adult and you can choose to do whatever you want to do with your life, who is a, like what's a, an app got to tell you what to do or watch or, or what you care about? I understand that there's, you know, safety concerns for certain things, but like you should be able to differentiate what is, you know, m- good content or what just what's actually like destructive to people. Yeah, it's such a it's such a slippery slope, like at times, because I think obviously in our line of business, we all care deeply about alcohol and its influence on the world and the people that are involved with it. And I sometimes forget that there is still a large group of people who completely vilify alcohol in general, you know, and, you know, again, like I understand it, but it's kind of like, it's like, man, like this is, 
this is stuff that has shaped the world in good ways and in bad, like just to ignore it doesn't make any sense. Um, now in terms of, in terms of like the content production and stuff like that, um, is there, are there options where you can kind of like boost your posts or things like that when it comes to TikTok? Cause I know that they have that on Instagram and I feel like a lot of these, these places, um, you know, these, these social media platforms, like they're moving more towards that model where it's like, we're going to bury your stuff unless you give us money, you know? So is that, does that exist on TikTok as well? It does. So that is another change that's come in. Um, I haven't seen it uh, be super impactful because I think that the culture around the TikTok app is just very strong and it's, it has a very deep um, sense of community there more so than any other app. So, and people like, if they see the little thingy that says ad, the, people will just swipe, like they don't care. Like, since you don't have to sit through it, people will just go right through. Um, right. And so I think that on TikTok versus other platforms paying for the ad, I, I've never tried it. I don't know if it's worked. I've paid for ads on like my YouTube videos, but I feel like every time I've done it, it's been more like I'm going to present you like my video as a choice rather than like I'm going to shove it in your face. Yeah. Um, but I haven't tried it on TikTok. But like you said, I mean, before uh, Instagram tried to copy TikTok with their reels, Instagram's reach was awful. That's why I didn't post anything on it. It was just like, whatever. And so, because they buried the content behind you paying to promote it. Right. Whereas now with reels, they're actually, there is reach, uh, organic reach on Instagram. Have you, yeah. have you moved, uh, you know, some of your content over? I mean, a lot of, a lot of the, the reels is very similar to, I mean, a lot of people just take their TikToks and, and post it on Instagram also. Are you doing that or is it, or is it, are you doing separate content uh, for each platform? No. So I, I now, uh, it's the same. I, rec- I make the, I used to make content only with TikTok in mind. And then I would like migrate it over to Instagram and like um, post it on there as well. Now I, the best part about everybody trying to copy TikTok, at least for a lot of creators is that you can just post the same content on three different platforms and you'll get three different responses with three different, um, you know, chances of, of growing. So like I had a video go viral on YouTube, which I never thought was going to happen. Um, it was a video that on TikTok it I think it hit like seven hundred thousand views, and then on on um, Instagram it did like I think like four hundred thousand views, and then on YouTube it hit two point three million. I was like, this is I've never expected that to happen. And so I have been uh, broadening. I'm not just focused on TikTok anymore because like as soon as I heard that news, I was like, ah, oh, that's bad. That's bad news. And so, but then I was like, wait, but there's good news. Everybody's trying to copy TikTok because everybody's obsessed with it. And so. Um, this is super nerdy on the, on the social media side, so bear with me. But if anybody's <laughs> interested, Hank Green did a video on YouTube talking about the problems of TikTok and like how it doesn't pay creators and how it's slowly like really becoming not great. And it's a fascinating watch and listen if anybody cares about like the world of of, of if anybody's listening to this and they're a creator. I think I think it's very important to watch it because it it highlights a lot of issues um, that. TikTok has for creators. Essentially, they don't pay creators much for their views. Like, I don't know. I get, I got, I had a video get 25 million views on TikTok. I got like, I don't know, six bucks. That's fucking wild. Okay. So let's, let's move away from this conglomerate nonsense. And, um, you know, we have a lot of, a lot of industry people. I mean, just people in general. I mean, social media is this, is this monster that has, that has been created, um, and you know, people can get addicted to likes and they can get addicted to, you know, just like the exposure and things like that and being the influencer. Now you start this page with the intent of highlighting more of the bar and restaurant. So have you, I mean, have you seen that impact within the restaurant itself? Yeah. I wouldn't say that it's a, a, a massive, I don't have people flocking in droves to come to my restaurant, but the day that like six months into making YouTube content, I had someone reach out to me like, Hey, I'm going to be in the area and I want to come by your restaurant and meet you. I was like, me? I was like, cause I posted a video and he's like, absolutely. So then he's been a couple times and I'm developing and I've developed a relationship with this gentleman and his wife. And it's really cool. Like they live like two and a half hours away. And every time they're driving by, they come by. And lately it's been happening more and more. So like last week on Wednesday, I had this guy who, um, so like my restaurant's like 35 minutes outside of Boston. So uh-huh. in, in, in a, in a middle of nowhere, I mean, not middle of nowhere, but like 
for all intents and purposes, the middle of nowhere. And um, there, there was this guy and his wife who were in Boston and they were driving back home to New York City. And they were like, he had seen my Instagram stuff and was like, hey, man, I'm, I want to come into the restaurant. We might have time on Wednesday night. Are you going to be there? I was like, absolutely. And so he stopped in on his way home. And it's been it's been an occurrence that's just been happening with much more frequency over the last couple of months. Um, and it's been really cool. And like at the beginning, everybody I worked with, they're like, are you insane? Like, you you know, you have no time, right? Like, you know, you run a restaurant because it's not like I'm the general manager. I do everything. I have like it's full time for me. Like a, it's a literally from when I wake up to when I go to bed, if the restaurant's open, like I'm dealing with stuff at the restaurant. And everyone's like, are you insane? Like, you don't have time to make content. I was like, no, 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 it's it's going to pay off. And so the day that the first time someone came in and tried out my restaurant because of something silly or something dumb I put on the internet. I was like, okay, this is so awesome. Yeah. It's, it's worth it. Right. I mean, and kind of like what we were talking about earlier, it's just knowing that you're not screaming into the ether and that there actually is some tangible uh, benefit to this stuff is, is really huge. I mean, and I also think that, you know, it's been able to bring together all these like-minded individuals and stuff so you know like over really i guess now chris the past year and a half like most of the guests that we have on the show are people that we meet five minutes before the recording starts you know and um and it's and it's awesome because i think most of the conversations have been really really solid and i think it's because like there's this shared enthusiasm that the world is so much smaller now that it's like yeah you can create this content be like like oh there's other people who think like I do. And then let's talk to them. Let's get to know them. And then, you know, then what's happened from there. It's like, Oh, I'm in this area. I go see that person now, you know, and you know, you take these digital virtual relationships and turn them into real things. And you're kind of like, like, Oh, this is, this is really kind of fun, you know? And, you know, we don't have the, you know, quite really like the, the monetary side really figured out on this thing. But for us, it's the same, you know, motivation of just kind of being like, we just want to talk to rad people and we have a good time with it. And if they dig it, then we'll, we'll figure it out eventually. But it's, uh, it's, it's really funny to hear the interpretations of, of like what social media and what content creation has done for different people. And that's why I think it's, it's so fascinating, especially when I, when I learned that you guys had opened up six months before the pandemic started and it was just like, holy crap. Like what, how do you navigate, you know, these waters and, and things like that. So, um, so I think that's great, but we also do have a lot of like people who listen that are also trying to build their brands, you know, and it's like, how do you do that? Like what's, what's the, and then, and if you do go and check out the, the Metro West creative, like you do have a couple of videos on like the ways of creating that, but it's funny about that, about that one is there's no TikTok mentioned at all right because it wasn't a, it really wasn't really a thing back wasn't then. a thing you know and um so it's so i think it's it's really really interesting to see how this stuff works out and and things like that and you know and continue to build and, and grow so um chris do you have any questions or do you want to share what coffee you're drinking or anything like that uh no but i'm gonna drink i'm gonna drink this underberg um uh i uh i've been waiting uh, dutifully to drink this. Uh, I I'm taking a page out of Souther's book again because I I enjoyed it so much the other day when we uh, when we started uh, when we started that that episode. Yeah. That uh, I I was you know I saw it sitting there on my bar and I was like God damn it that looks good and uh, I <laughs> I'm actually done with my coffee so uh, I'm no longer drinking that. I am now drinking this Underberg. So for those of you who don't know, you know we had Souther Teague on a couple weeks ago. And the man does not drink coffee, but he does drink Underbergs in the morning. And that's yeah, how he I'm going to one up him because I'm going to drink both Underberg and coffee. I'll be sure to to alert him. <laughs> I'll of, let him know of that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, now I think it's time for our opinions on stories that we've heard from reputable sources. All right, so the first story we're going to cover today is um, that small family-owned company Bacardi is is suing that other small family-owned American Airlines for $65,000 because they lost some 
cognac in route. So they had, they were shipping, let's see, 1600 cases of cognac and 400 of them did not make the overall trip. So Bacardi has been going back and forth with American airlines. Like, where's our cognac? They're like, we don't have it. And then eventually the lawsuit has begun. Um, so when I'm looking at this, I was really kind of thinking about just overall theft in this industry. Cause I know like for us personally, as importers, like we've lost a lot of things recently, things keep falling off of trucks and pallets keep disappearing. Um, but you know, theft kind of exists in all aspects of this industry. Uh, and then where, where people are at. So, uh, I thought of just that, even from like the small scale of your bartender giving away free shots and not putting it on the nightly tab or whatever the case may be. But when you, uh, Louis, let's start with you. When you read this, I mean, what were some of your thoughts? Did you did your mind go anywhere else with it besides just like, oh no, poor Bacardi? You know, <laughs> I don't think poor Bacardi crossed my mind. I thought <laughs> that uh, a couple of pilots and some um, uh, stewards probably had a really great party when they landed, and no one and they didn't tell anyone. <laughs> Because yeah. I don't know how you lose 400 cases of cognac. And I swear someone probably just threw an incredible rager and didn't invite anyone. Um, but no, I think it, you make a really good point. I think that theft in this industry, it's it's tough, right? Like it's, it's there's, there's so many characters in this industry that are not everybody is as reputable or honest. So it's like there's a lot of, of, of that that does happen. I think you touched on the point of, you know, bartenders not ringing in shots or, you know, always giving buddies free beers when they come in. Like that's something that I've always been on the lookout and I make sure that I have daily meetings with my bartenders. And I'm like, honestly, I just let them know, hey, there's cameras everywhere. If I catch you, you know, giving away free stuff, you're out, you're done. I don't have any tolerance for that. And I'm like, I can give away shots to guests. You cannot. And it's, but it's, but it's tough. Like you, you don't, it's such a difficult thing. Yeah. It's, I mean, cause obviously at, at one point, like you want to create like a positive culture and stuff like that. But I think far too often people don't look at it. They're right. Like, sure. If you set up like a tab, you know, and, and you're recording this stuff kind of like, Hey, this is what we gave away tonight. If like, there's a number that's agreed upon great. But so often is the case that that's not it. And and we sometimes I think it gets described as hospitality it was like, no, it's theft. Like, it's not hospitality. Like, it's that's that's what it is. If someone has to pay for it, you know, and it wasn't the one who drank it. I mean, there there we go. I don't know. Chris, what do you think? In terms of uh, uh, shots or in terms of uh, Bacardi? Do it. Do both. Do ooh, both things. Ooh, I get that. I get the The open mic, the open airways. Unlike Can't wait American, for all the dead air. Not Here it comes. <laughs> Uh, uh, a, this has to be Doucet, right? Like, y- you imagine, I, there's no way that this is Baron Otard, right? Like, no one's stealing 420 cases of that stuff. But I imagine that 400, out of the 1,600 cases that probably say Doucet on the side of it, someone was like, yeah, that's that's coming home with me. That's the new, pop- <laughs> that's like the the newest popular one, right? That all yeah, the NBA Ducey players... It's taken over the cognac world, you know. It's right, a, so that's one all like that the NBA is promoting and stuff like that. So yeah, that's that it's that hot commodity right now. Uh, it, but you know, it, it takes me back to to thinking about um, that Blanton's truck that disappeared. Right, uh, no, mm-hmm. you know, Blanton's a few years ago, you know, was fine. You know, people were into it, but now people can't get enough of it. And that that truck disappearing, I think, was really the catalyst for everybody going, "Oh my god." A truck of Blanton's disappeared. This stuff must be great. We should go find it. And now nobody can find it anywhere. Yeah, it's nothing worse than uh, forty or fifty dollar bourbon being coveted like that. It's like Jesus. Although it's not as bad as like a thirty dollar like a Weller twelve. So, uh, so I'll allow it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like I said. I think there's there's been an increase. I mean, obviously with all these different uh, global shipping issues that we're having as well. Um, there's just a lot of room for air. And like I said, things just keep falling off of trucks. And I well, couldn't, there's, fa- there's, there's a well ingrained secondary market, right. For booze, you know, right. it, it, it exists internationally. Everyone knows it, you know, it's not uh, the resale value on booze only goes up on secondary. doesn't come down. You know, no one's getting booze on a discount on the secondary market. <laughs> 
Yeah, I I know that I see a lot of um, through like different different accounts I have that have relationships with with people across oceans where it's just kind of like it's like man, where did all that stuff go? It's like it's in China now. You're like yeah. whoa, like yep. that is definitely that is uh absolutely wild that this is this is what has come to you um, now. Well, it, no, Louis, so go so ahead. I was just saying, if if you allow me to put my conspiracy my conspiracy theorist hat on for a moment, you mentioned you, I'll get mine the, out as well. <laughs> you mentioned that the when the Blanton's truck got robbed, it seemed like the timing matched up with the catalyst. It was like the catalyst for the Blanton's then kind of becoming the super coveted bottle of bourbon. Now, what if it turns out that there was never any bottle stolen? But they were just like, we're going to sue you so that it gets attention so that we can make this new bottle of cognac the desired cognac. I imagine that would be a little bit more difficult. Like with Blanton's, <laughs> with Blanton's, you you know, it was their own truck, right? So they can make their ah. own truck theoretically disappear. In this case, there's got to be a paper trail somewhere. Plus, they're two giant mega companies. So I don't know if you. Yeah, yeah. American American doesn't want want to have that reputation of having people's product just disappear on them. Right. Okay. So now I want to ask you guys: If you were to enter the life of crime in the life of bootlegging, if yeah, yeah. I mean, (laughs) yeah. I guess if you do work in this industry, there are times where you're not a hundred percent, you know, legal all the time. Um. But if you were to pull off a booze heist, what spirit or wine or beer, whatever the case would be, what are you targeting? What's the thing that you're kind of like, this is what this is what Ocean's Eleven is for. This is what I'm going after. So I'm let you guys are pondering. You're thinking Ooh. I'm trying to think about it as I talk. Ooh, Chris, do you have an answer? Question. Uh, yeah, my answer is I'm not fucking telling you because I don't want to go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows. Yeah, I'm never plans. stealing anything ever. This is the worst. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to do it. No, I I would um, <laughs> I would probably steal some champagne. Anyone in uh, particular? I, um, hmm. I do like some fucking Krug, man. Like if I get some dope Krug in my life, and I just have it for a lifetime supply based on me getting it, you know, with five finger discount. I'm all about it. Well, there you go. So. That'll be our next content video. It's just like a recreation of Chris stealing Krug. Um, okay. <laughs> Do I Louis, get to wear one of those cat burglar masks? You can do whatever you want. It's your it's your oh, heist. Yeah. Nice. You, you make it you make it your own. Um, okay, Louie, what's your what's your heist? All right. So I've been giving it a lot of thought, and I think you would have to be like a really small batch single origin mezcal of like a Tobola or something that's just like gonna be super expensive that like I'm not gonna order enough bottles of at my bar and I'll just have a really nice single origin, small batch mezcal for myself. I get, I got to tell you, man, you can already do that. Like you can go heist people. It's happening all the time over Mexico right now. People are getting screwed left and right. That, that is a dream that is a lot easier than you think it is. You know, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, that's that, that ends up being the case. Um, okay. So you're, so you're thinking like a small batch Tobola is what you're, yeah, is what you're... I think, I, I think so. I think that would be, that would probably be what I'd do. I like it. I like it. I, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of like where I would go with it and like the different, the different rums and stuff like over the years that I've had, like, what would I go and steal a lot of? And, and then I'm, and then I'm wavering back between like wine too. Like there'd be really cool to have some like really cool, um, really cool wines. Like, was it like 1983? The Bordeaux's from that year are supposed to be just incredible. And I have tasted yeah. one and it, it, it was so like that may be a heist there, but but I think if if I'm putting together the team and I also want to go to like a tropical place and have a good time with it, I think I'm going to do a major heist of like Appleton Joy oh. because it's a beautiful bottle, first of all, and it's amazing. It's just expensive enough that you're not splurging on it. So theft makes sense in this scenario, right? Where you're kind of like, hey, this is what I need to go and do. And then it's like a nice little centerpiece that it's or funny. like it, this, this reveals a lot about you, Drew, really the fact that you're willing to go to the, to the Caribbean to do work as opposed to <laughs> escape to the Caribbean to, to live out the rest of your, your, uh, your crime ridden life. 
Yeah, well, I think, you know, there's there's a there's a lot of appeal about living in the Caribbean and stuff like that. But then you look at their plastic waste numbers and you're like, I can't be a part of that. You know, <laughs> yeah, I can't be yeah. a contributor to that. Um, so, so you go the other way. You're going to go to like Norway to like with your joy. Totally. Yeah. And I want to, you know, I want to make sure that it's like it's like an in and out thing. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to completely ruin the vacation spot for me by always being there. So um fair you know and it it provides for a better setting and i'm talking because you know like any good heist movie it's got to be shot on location you get a good location for it to go down you know you you see some of these green screen heist movies you're like get out of my face this is terrible (laughs) i don't need any of of this uh nonsense let's say then you get like a good like speedboat chase in there as well as you're getting away Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, we, we run those back and some cigarette boats. I mean, it's sign sign me up. It's rum. It's the Caribbean. It's sexy. And um, I think that's I think that's what you got to do. You guys got to change your heist. You got to change. Guys, I, I think you have I think you have a script. This movie looks like it needs to be shot. <laughs> I, I, I'd watch it. You've already got yeah. me interested. So boom. There we go. Like I said, well, all we need is one. All we need is one. <laughs> um, but to bring to bring it back to uh, to the lawsuit, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how this proceeds. You know, because it's you'd have to assume that there is this liability that American Airlines took on by moving this product, and that is a pretty you know sixty five thousand dollars. You know, four hundred and twenty cases. That's pretty significant. You know. Um, I don't know, maybe to scale it down, like, has there ever been a time where you guys have gotten delivered, you know, booze, whether it's to the restaurant or to the bottle shop, Chris, where it's like, hey, this didn't show up. You better take it off my invoice or is, and you get, do you ever get any pushback from your distributors on that? No, I never get pushback. No. I've never because, gotten because pushback I check I check though. my I check my inventory right there with the driver. Okay. Yes, same. I mean, generally, anytime they make a delivery, it's I usually just make sure it's pretty good. Um, I also like to have really good relationships with my with my reps. I don't do business with people that I don't like. Like if if you're if you seem shady or like I don't care how good the products are that your company sells. If I don't like you, I'm not going to do business with you. Yeah. And so um, I hope that is helping me in in certain aspects, especially <laughs> like this. But I mean, who knows? Yeah. No, I think it is. I think it is. It's it's definitely a good thing. But I don't know. I think we've I think we'll stay tuned, everybody. Our heist movies are coming out before you know it. <laughs> Net Netflix is buying everything right now, you know? So it's good. Well maybe not anymore. They lost all those people. Uh, that's true. Some, something's gotta keep we're going. We're going to Amazon Prime. They can they can Amazon buy Prime. <laughs> I'm in. Yo. <laughs> okay, so Kendall Jenner, find yourself in hot water again with this award-winning 818 tequila. Mm. Now, she did win her lawsuit against the 512 tequila um, for, like, trademark infringement and stuff like that, which was just hilarious. It's like, no, I'm the shittier tequila. Like, no, you are, and (laughs) stuff like that. Um, But she actually just recently got in trouble with the Distilled Spirits Council of the United States, known as Discus. Or discuss, and I guess I, I, I really like that it's called uh, discus and spelled out uh, at, as a an anagram. What, what is it? When you take the first letters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yep. Anagram. So it. uh, it's D I S C U S. But uh, I feel like they they had to stretch it. They wanted it to like make a word that you could pronounce, and so they took the first yeah. two letters off distilled D I, and because the I doesn't show up at the beginning of any other word. Anyway, I just thought that was funny. They're like, no, we need to be cool. To, that's what they did. Be able to say this, yeah, yeah. And, and I do think this is an organization that people should should look into because I've just been looking through their website and stuff. And they actually are doing a lot of favorable things, um, kind of across the country. You know, you don't have a whole lot of advocates for the alcohol industry if like that makes sense. And like they're they're basing all of the legislation that they're pushing through and the things that they do regulate with like science and facts. And it just it's refreshing in a world where emotion seems to run run rampant and everybody ignores statistics. So um, I think it's really cool. But anyways, back to our girl, Kendall. So she put out. She, two, is she our girl now? <laughs> she's our girl now. She's our girl. That's yeah. Great. So she, she put out two Instagram posts. One of them had a picture of her carrying a tray of 818 tequila shots and only a few people around her. And then the other was her taking a straw and drinking directly out of the bottle. 
Um, this was uh, brought to the uh, Discus organization by an unnamed spirits marketer who challenged the post and said that these encourage unsafe consumption and um, and all that. Uh, first of all, I mean, fucking narcs, man. Are you kidding me? Like, I can't <laughs> believe that stitches, we have. Bro. Yeah. Like I would just, oh my God. I looked at their, their list of like all their clients and stuff. Cause I would assume it's a member of their deal. And I just was so disappointed. There was like some really cool brands on there. I was, I was like, oh, just to think that we have narcs in our industry like this is completely ridiculous. Um, but then they, they reviewed the case and uh, the, the picture of her just holding shots was not deemed uh, unsafe, but the one that did have her drinking directly out of the bottle promoting unsafe drinking habits was then asked to be removed, had to be removed and things like that. So with all that being said, I think it's easy to poke fun at, at this tequila at Kendall Jenner and, you know, specifically, but I started to look at other people's celebrity tequilas and how they're portrayed. And if this is, you know, the two examples that they give as violations here, if that's the bar, then there's a lot of other people who should be answering to the, to the distilled spirits council. Um, So I, I want to put this out to you now, Louis, you made your name off bashing this brand. So you might have a biased opinion here, <laughs> but Louis, I'll try do you, yeah. Do you think at this point, Kendall's been targeted more than other celebrity tequila owners? I think so. I think it's easy. I think it's such an easy target. It's, it's, it's the biggest, largest, reddest, big red circle target that you could find. I mean, like, you know, Yes, I think that a lot of uh, us that are a little bit older are kind of like, who is this Kendall Jenner person? Like, what has she done to be famous? But it doesn't matter because her reach is giant. You know, yeah. like her, she has like an ecosystem of of attention surrounding her. He's looking at his phone. His brain just got broken. Sorry. my. <laughs> I'm sorry. My... I'm so sorry, friends. My uh, headset <laughs> gets connected to my phone. Um, and... Basically, um, I think that she's a super easy target. She has an entire um, ecosystem of things surrounding her and her social media platforms are giant. So I think it's a very easy uh, person to make fun of. Mm. Yeah. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, man, she's she's low hanging fruit, um, but it's it's not that um, hmm. it's not that it's some random act of of. uh, of malfeasance against her it, she she did it to herself really you know i mean i she she had multiple chances to correct to course correct and and she just doubled down tripled down quadrupled down every step of the way you know it's it's really easy <clears throat> that being but, said what what i have noticed from this is that i will never be allowed to represent a brand because <laughs> I like drinking out of straws, <laughs> and I yeah. like taking bottle pulls. And and someone's definitely going to catch me on camera doing that. But people have definitely already caught me on camera doing that. So it's better that I'm a celebrity in this uh, medium where there is no, you know, we don't we don't release uh, the video involved with this, and you just get to hear my beautiful nasally voice. Yeah. I- but- no, I was going to say, there, there, there are, there's, I mean, I remember a couple of years ago in, when I was working for Diageo and I got a picture of, of one of the, one of our bartenders after a competition um, doing a pour and it was, I want to say it was the Captain Morgan private stock. So it's like a, it's like a stout bottle, right? But he had the pour spot on it and he was pouring it, you know, from about a foot away from his head. And he had the label out. It was perfect, right? I mean, it was just kind of like, like this is great. We could not share it because yeah. it promoted unsafe drinking habits and things like that. So it is a conversation that's been going on for a very long time. And it is kind of silly to kind of, you know, be so hell bent on it. But we also know being on the inside is like, yeah, alcohol can be very dangerous. And, you know. Yeah, you shouldn't be drinking directly out of the bottle. I mean, I do. And I will. You shouldn't. 
other people shouldn't. I know it's a bad idea. It's not going to stop me from doing it. Yeah. That's yeah, I, I, so fun. It's like, it's such a, it's a thin line. It's a line that I've, I've struggled with like all the time. I'm like, is this, is this moral? I'm like, is this what I want to be doing? Like promoting alcohol. But then like, I always come back to what what is my kind of saving grace of why I keep, you know, making content about how to make cocktails and how to, you know, do things do you know anything related with drinking is that most of the stuff that I make is usually on the educational side. And I think that one of the issues with celebrity tequila, there's many, we could have an whole other episode of this podcast about celebrity <laughs> tequila, but one of the ones, uh, one of the issues that I think maybe doesn't get discussed enough is that yes, the fact that each of these celebrities have such a giant reach for like clearly to be able to sell their, their brand of tequila. The other downside to it is that you have like you have people who will just see them drinking and go, Oh, I want to do that. Like no matter, no matter what it is, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like people who love the rock, like if, if the, like, I know the rock is giant now and I put myself back into my 10 year old brain of like when I was obsessed with the, with the WWE. And I'm like, if you, if you, if, if I saw the rock drinking at 10 years old, I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to do that. Right. And so like a part of me gets it, um, from from that side and i think that you definitely do need to be able you need to have a line of what is of what's appropriate and what isn't especially depending on like like if I, like i made a video joking about drinking out of a bottle but i'm not someone who owns a brand and has millions and millions of, of followers so yeah it's tough right like okay cool like they they get to enjoy the celebrity status to sell this product but you also have a huge responsibility on the back of it yeah yeah, I definitely do think that, that that's something to consider. And maybe she is, you know, I think she has one of the biggest social media followings like in the world. Like it is it is tops, you know, um, but I do think yeah, it's, I, it, I imagine that there was also part of her that was just like, hey, she probably didn't think about it. No one told her. She probably lives in a world where people don't tell her no. Very that's often. probably fair. Right. Yeah. I mean, she, so, so she, she, probably, whole... she, she might not have known. And if she did know, she might not have cared also right so well but i don't know like because i think about i think about the image and even as someone who's tasted the tequila and don't really care for it like when i thought like when they because they describe like you can't find the picture now like maybe if i did a little bit of a deeper search i'd be able to find it but i wasn't able to find you know any record of it um i was thinking i was was like that's actually kind of a cool idea i like that that's kind of badass you know just like taking a straw and be like right to the face you know Mm -hmm. like you know i i get it and it's um, but again, in looking at other people's, you know, way that they portray and stuff like that, you know, of course I went to the rock and, you know, first of all, I mean, I just can't stand the fact that he does chilled tequila on the rocks. Like it just yeah. blows my fucking mind. Right. It's just like, what are we doing? He was, he here? was so proud of it too. So proud he of is- it. He's like, that's how we do it. And he never backs down off of it. He just keeps doubling down as if he's not completely just washing the whole flavor profile out of his tequila by drinking it the way that he does. But but whatever. But there are. I mean, that's that's know, how it tastes good, though. Oh, my it doesn't God. taste good at room temp. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> but, you know, you, I saw like multiple photos. You're kind of like, like, well, you know, if I was really being, you know, a dick about this, like I feel like I could submit this for review and just give him a just give him a headache. Right. And so. um yeah, I guess at this point, I just really want to know who that unnamed spirits marketer is so I can never buy their stuff again because I just feel that that's so ridiculous to. It's probably, it probably someone from Patron who is just jealous. Oh, OK. Well, no, let me ask you guys this. If you had to guess. So, Chris, Patron is your guess. Well, if you had to guess, who do you think the unnamed spirits marketer is that. That ratted on them. Oh, man. I mean, if you were to look at. All of the people who, who, like we said, it's low-hanging fruit. So uh, it could be a whole number of any celebrity tequilas or, or any. My guess would be a celebrity tequila from someone who's owned by a lesser celebrity in right. terms of like reach. That would be my guess. It would be like like Nick Jonas's tequila or like <laughs> Guy, F- Guy Fieri's tequila or just someone who's like, hey, I want to do this, but 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 like, no, I'm going to be petty. This isn't fair. That'd be my she's guess. Got, she's got more yeah. followers. Yeah. Uh, Patron is owned by Bacardi now, right, Chris? It is, yeah. Patron is owned okay. by Bacardi. 
Yeah, because it's funny when I first thought of the question earlier today, but the first thing that popped in my head was Bacardi. So it's funny that you think it was Patron. <laughs> so we're on the same place. We obviously have a tremendous amount of respect for that, <laughs> for that company. It just seems like, yeah, it seems like that was something that they would complain about. I don't know. Um, uh, it, any, I mean, more, any more thoughts? Uh, just like, you know, so so again, like, Lou, you, you know, you did your first big blow up was at the expense of Kendall. Um. You know, is there anything else that you want to say about celebrity tequilas at this point while we have while you have this huge soapbox to to voice your opinion from? Do we have another hour or <laughs> we don't? No, I mean, uh, I mean, the it, I think that as my kind of like last thought about the whole the whole um, situation at hand is that you can also dive into the, the conversation of like personal responsibility. Right. And it's like at what to what point are brands and I'm not saying I, 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 I have an answer or I believe what is right. I just, there's, it gets to a point where you're like, at what point is so like your, your personal responsibility come into play? Right. Like I get that, you know, you shouldn't in theory, like, cause you said it's a badass image, right? Like she has a straw in, 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 in a bottle. Like it look it probably looks really cool, but it's like, at, to what point do we, do we control what people can and can't do with their decisions? Um, but I don't know. I think that, weirdly enough like i i feel more on the side of of her brand on this because it's like you said there's a narc who's out there trying to get her um and it's like well she's doing what she can to promote her brand but i I, of course there are laws that like you said you can't do those sort of things um but i I have my, my issues with her with celebrities owning owning tequila brands isn't even so much like the fact that a celebrity wants to promote a product yeah i know that there's problems with that but it's like it's all of the other issues that stem from it, you know, cultural appropriation, the 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 acceleration of the demise of the agave market, and and things like that, stuff that we don't really have time for. Yeah, it does get pretty complicated, but we have we've, we've put a lot of time into it, so I think most of our consistent listeners will be like, yeah, we still get it. Celebrities yeah. suck. You know, uh, <laughs> one thing that we we haven't mentioned is and. and and it's a whole other conversation as well. And Drew and I have talked about this ad nauseum, uh, uh, just in our personal lives. Uh, but Kendall Jenner has has partnered with Sacred Agave, and has literally just said, "Hey, here's a bunch of money to make us look good and like we're doing good work." Um, and that money is some of that money is actually going to do good work. Um, they're like rebuilding libraries and building homes and, and stuff or like but then the controversy is they're actually not contributing to the libraries they're, they're not contributing to the libraries they're that's just what them that's or? what's no 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 like they're those things those projects aren't actually happening so it's kind of a so that money's just sitting there somewhere and it's not actually going anywhere or it's just just going to the content creation to make it look good it's really complicated right now because it's like not everybody has completely opened up their books and stuff like that and well, it's not um, like Sacred Agave is, is transparent by any any stretch either. Uh, that guy, I don't remember his name, but it's not like he's, you know, he shuts down any critique with, you just don't know what you're talking about, and then blocks people. Yeah, I, I mean, again, I think it's a, it, there's a lot of nuance to that conversation that, um, again, it's like, we don't have another hour to get right. into it, and then we'd also want to do it the right way. So when we do eventually get into the Sacred Agave stuff, um, well... We'll approach that, but it is something that yes, you, people should be aware that like they, you know, the eight one eight went out there and tried to align themselves to set themselves apart from from other celebrity endorsed tequilas, but it has not gone well. So well, every every day, seemingly, I get comments, or I used to get comments on my video when I would trash her tequila. They'd be like, "What do you mean? It's one awards, and they're doing so much good work." And I'm <laughs> it's like, "One awards." I was like, okay, I can pay for awards if I have enough money. You could do the same. Like, yeah, it's, 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 it's sad that it works. You know what I mean? Like to a huge degree. Um, But yeah, it was really funny about that one, about the awards comment is like they won awards and then they switched distilleries after they got (laughs) their first line of like (laughs) flack because they were at a pretty big facility. Yeah. So it's like, uh, I don't know. But I think that's about as much time as I want to dedicate to Kendall Jenner today. Sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know who's so, dope? Them over there. 
I got overzealous. Um, yeah. I was still excited. I'm full of energy right now. You know, um, I'm full so of now, coffee and time- Underberg. Underberg. Ah. Uh, so favorite part of the episode is the dope follows for me. And this is where we're going to tell you who you guys should be checking out. It could be books, podcasts, Instagram accounts, Facebook groups, YouTube channels, maybe one of those things. Uh, so Louie, let's start it off with you. Who is your dope follow? Who should our listeners be checking out? Man, my, there's one guy who I've gotten to, I wouldn't say I got to know him. Well, we've chat every so often via Instagram DM, but it's, uh, at the Lucas Assis. He yeah. is a content uh you, you guys know him? He's a he's a great dude. He's a former um, guest. Is he really? I didn't know this yeah. he was on the podcast. Yeah. Um nah, check him out. Um I'm sure your listeners now know him. Let me think of some, another one then because he's great. No, no, that's <laughs> great. It was last season. He's old news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He he moved to Mexico, like he's living his own dream now, so no, yeah, but he's yeah. a great guy. I, I always bounce ideas back uh, off of him, and we chat pretty often. And you're a fellow in, a fellow Brazilian, right? Yeah, actually, yeah. So that was one of the things that really kind of, I guess, like I don't want to sit here and say that we're best buddies and, and we talk every day, but like it was one of those things that like it, we, we both found very mutually interesting. Yeah. Um, and so it was. he's a cool dude. I really think people should follow him. Agreed. I agree. Okay. Uh, do you want to try to find another one, or do you want us to... I'll find another one while you guys are going, and then okay. we can circle back. I'll make sure I get a good one here. All right, Chris, who, who's your don't follow this week? Uh, mine is a uh, is a uh, whiskey content creator. Uh, she goes by Whiskey Nomad, spelled in Drew's favorite way without the E. Yeah, buddy. Uh, which I knew would immediately make Drew want to follow her. Uh, she travels and she drinks whiskey and talks about whiskey, and it's a lot of fun. She makes uh, she'll even make a, a few um cocktail posts here and there uh, and this is all on instagram uh you all know i'm an instagram whore that's where i live my life <laughs> uh okay so well, let me see we're looking them up now Lou, did you figure out another one that you want to share yes um okay. it's uh her name's caitlin stewart but uh, her instagram tag is likable cocktails and she is just fantastic um, both on TikTok and on on Instagram. On TikTok, she has like over three hundred thousand uh, followers. On Instagram, it's a little bit smaller, but she's uh, won like global bartending competitions. She's just fantastic. She she I think she now makes content full time, if I'm not mistaken. But her stuff is genuinely genuinely um, fascinating. And like I don't have too much time to watch other content creators for cocktails, but she's someone that I'll always make time for. Um, it was actually her video that I made a a. Uh, like whatever it's called on TikTok, a stitch or, or like a duet where you're like basically take part of someone's video and then make another video. Um, it was her video that I made a stitch on that gave me my most viewed video ever on anything. It's um, that's amazing. That's red. Yeah. So she's she deserves any any and all love. She's great. I like it. I like it. All right. So um, you know we get to the point where I don't remember if I've shared these people or not before. Um, so we might have, I don't know, but I'm going to give it to you guys again anyways. And that's going to be the subculture sommelier. So it's subculture underscore sommelier. And they just do a bunch of wine memes that are absolutely hilarious. Um, and then another one that I wanted to give. And again, it's it's like one of those things like I can't remember if I've done this before or not. But I want to give another shout out to uh, the Duchess of Isla. Yeah. And so um, she does really, really amazing content. And and I and now that I think about it, I'm pretty sure I have mentioned her before because she does the pronunciations of different uh, scotches. And it's like it's the best because so many things. I mean, I, I'm pretty well versed in them now at this point, but it's just it's a good thing to do because I watch so many people butcher scotch pronunciations and and it's not their fault it is a completely ridiculous language um but uh but yeah so so my two subculture underscore sommelier and then duchess of isla both freaking dope really really awesome follows um good content they'll make you laugh and they'll also teach you something so so those are my dope follows those just i think those are some pretty dope follows this week Uh, good bottle podcast sorry the music for the good bottle podcast is brought to you by the brothers more and produced pretty well typically up to this point in time 
by these two guys. And if you've liked today's podcast, please follow us. Leave us a five-star review. And share that all your follow friends. button. Yeah, follow, share the five-star reviews. They're huge. We really, really need it. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook at The Good Bottle Podcast or on our personal accounts. You can find Chris at Chris Sinflair. I'm at D Garrison 6 Louis, where can they find you on the social medias? Uh, you can find me on Instagram. It's at Louis Fern, L-U-I-F-E-R-N. And you can find me on TikTok at Louis underscore Fern. Um, and if you can find me on YouTube, Louis Fernandes. You can toss me in there and you should be able to find me. Awesome. You can also check out our Etsy shop. Uh, we have some fun things on there. Although I think we're going to be making the move from Etsy because they don't pay their creators or their content people. So uh, they seem to be in a lot of trouble and we don't really have emotional ties to them. So if anybody has any suggestions on where we can host some t-shirts, let us know. Uh, but you can go right now to get yourself a hundred percent celebrity agave free shirt, which I still think is one of our best ones. Oh, great. If you'd uh, like for us to cover a story or if you're working on a brand that'd like to be featured, please email us at thegoodbottlepodcast at gmail.com. And as a reminder, you can purchase the bottles that we drank on this episode at thegoodbottleshop.com. And until next time, cheers, guys. Cheers, biggies.